Good morning. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. I am Carol Kleibaker, your announcer for the sixth Sunday after Pentecost. The lay minister, Bruce Sletton, will deliver today's message. Assisting in the worship service today is organist Mrs. Susan Sinegar, and the acolyte is Lisette Vaught. Today's order of service may also be heard at www.trinity1874.com. The radio broadcast for today is sponsored by funds donated to the radio ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church and dedicated to the glory of God. May God bless us as we worship together today. Our opening hymn will be, With the Lord Begin Your Task, found on page 869 of the Lutheran Service Book, and we will sing verses 1 through 3. Again, With the Lord Begin Your Task, on page 869, verses 1 through 3. Well, good morning. So it is uh, great to be back home. It is great to be back in my home congregation. Uh, we, uh, my wife and I was on vacation uh, for 10 days, and then we came back, and then last Sunday I filled in for Pastor Cannell at St. John's in Monette while he took uh, his youth to the National Youth Convention, and it is great to be back here, let me tell you. Uh, so, uh, of course, Pastor Jake is uh, in the very not-so-cool weather in Tampa Bay at the Synodical Convention, uh, which will last now for the next, uh, starting tomorrow for the next three days, and then he'll be back, and Courtney went with him, and uh, I can only imagine that the Missouri Synod got a great rate at the Convention Center in Tampa Bay in July. Had to be a pretty good deal there. So, um, uh, I'll be leading the worship service today. I'm just thrilled to, to do that with you. A uh, couple of things to keep in mind uh, that's a little bit different about the worship service today. Uh, one thing you'll notice is uh, this is a non-communion Sunday. Why? Just a reminder of why. Uh, licensed lay deacons like myself uh, there are certain things we can do, and there are certain things that uh, the synod says you should not do. And one of those things that's really reserved for a pastor to do is to consecrate the elements. Uh, I am not an ordained pastor, so uh, other than some really um, unusual circumstances would a licensed lay deacon uh, consecrate the elements. So there will be no communion today. Uh, that's okay because Luther on the subject of communion said this, you, that you should take communion as often as you can at least three times a year. So you've got your, your, your you got that covered, right? You're good for the rest of the year if you want to look at it that way. Uh, the other thing uh, that is uh, different about today, you'll notice, and I want to point this out because we sometimes go through our worship service kind of by memory, and we don't really think about what's going on here. During the confession and absolution, which always takes place at the beginning of every worship service, no matter which Lutheran church you go to in this country, 
uh, when, the when you do the confession, the absolution typically goes like this. I, as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce unto you the forgiveness of... So I am not an ordained servant of the word. So I can't rightfully say that as a licensed lay deacon. So you'll see the absolution is worded a little bit different. But don't worry, your sins are forgiven. Okay? So don't leave here thinking, well, that was a waste of time. Right? The confession absolution was there, but we didn't have communion. Don't worry, Jesus loves you and, and loves the fact that you're here and your, your sins are going to be forgiven before you leave here. So take heart. Okay? Uh, so uh, with that thought in mind, uh, let's just do a quick prayer, then we'll get started. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would be with us this morning and may the meditation of our hearts and the words of my mouth be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. Amen. So with that, please stand. And so we begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God, our Father. Most merciful, Most merciful God, God, we, we confess, confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God in his mercy has given his son to die for you and for his sake forgives you all your sins. So then, in the, in the stead and by the command of the Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Again, our opening hymn is verses 1, 2, and 3 of With the Lord Begin Your Task, found in the Lutheran Service Book on page 869.
thanks to the Lord, for he is good. It is he who re- remembered us in our low estate and rescued us from our foes. He who gives food to all flesh. Give thanks to the God of heaven. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord.
Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, in your deep compassion, you rescue us from whatever may hurt us. Teach us to love you above all things and to love our neighbors as ourselves. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. Our Old Testament lesson comes from Leviticus chapter 19, beginning at the ninth verse. When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap your field right up to its edge. Neither shall you gather all the gleanings after your harvest. And you shall not strip your vineyard bare. Neither shall you gather the fallen grapes of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and for the sojourner. I am the Lord your God. You shall not steal. You shall not deal falsely. You shall not lie to one another. You shall not swear by my name falsely and so profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. You shall not oppress your neighbor or rob him. The wages of a hired servant shall not remain with you all night until the morning. You shall not curse the deaf or put a stumbling block before the blind. But you shall fear your God. I am the Lord. You shall do no justice in court. You shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great. But in righteousness shall you judge your neighbor. You shall not go around as a slanderer among your people. You shall not stand up against the life of your neighbor. I am the Lord. You shall not hate your brother in your heart, but you shall reason frankly with your neighbor, lest you, inc you incur sin because of him. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbors as yourself. I am the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. We continue with the graduate. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news who publish peace and bring good news of salvation. Their voice has gone out to all the earth. And their words to the ends of the world. We'd have the children come forward with their children's message and the Mighty Mites. The children's message today will be given by Mr. Sletton. As the children approach the altar, they're giving their Mighty Mites. And then he will begin the message for the children. Good morning. Oh, wow. Did you not have breakfast? Let's try it again. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, that's better. You know, uh, this is an interesting um, morning for lots of reasons, not least of which is the, the sermon lesson for today is one that gives us time to really think about some of the things that God has shared with us through his prophets and various people. So you probably know the answer to this. I'm sure you do. How many commandments was given to Moses? Ten. Ten commandments. And uh, they're all things that tell us what to do and what not to do. 
And so a question was asked uh, in our sermon lesson for today of a teacher of the law. Of all the commandments that God has given to us that lead us in our life, which of these, or which of one of these, would you think would be the greatest of all the commandments? And the teacher of the law said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And number two, love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, you're right. Now you go do that. Well, that was pretty tough for that Pharisee to, to take that on, to believe that in his heart. So question for you. And this is a question that the teacher of the law has to, for us to consider also. When we say to love our neighbor as ourself, it begs the question, who is our neighbor? Who do you think would be our neighbor? Any ideas? Everybody, on the nosy. Yeah, not just the person who lives next door to you or across the street from you, not just the person that goes to school with you, but everybody, regardless of their color, regardless of their race, to everybody. And so we're going to learn more and more about that in this sermon message today. So pay particular attention to the way Jesus answers the question for the expert in the law and gets him to think about who is our neighbor. Okay? Okay, let's close with a prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for bringing us here today. Open our hearts and our minds to hear your word. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Okay, go on back to your pews. The epistle lesson for this morning is taken from Colossians chapter 1, beginning at the first verse. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae. Grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel, which, you have, which has come to you as indeed in the whole world. It is bearing fruit and growing, as it also does among you, since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. And so... From the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. This is the word of our Lord.
we continue with the Alleluia verse. The Holy Gospel lesson for today is taken from St. Luke, the 10th chapter. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up the, the, his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And he set him on his own animal and brought him to the inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, the one who showed mercy. And Jesus said to him, You go and do likewise. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. Today is Lord, whose love through humble service, found on page number 848 of the Lutheran Service Book. Again, Lord, whose love through humble service, page number 848, and we'll soon be ready for the second verse.
love through humble service bore the weight of human need, who upon the cross forsaken offered mercy's perfect deed. We, your servants, bring the worship, not of choice alone, but heart, consecrating to your purpose every gift that you impart. Aren't those beautiful words to consider? Could be the basis of our message today. Well, grace, mercy, and peace to you from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. People have asked me in the past if I played sports in school. And my answer is always the same. As long as it didn't require great skill or good coordination. I ran cross country. Uh, I love watching college sports on TV, though. Uh, our youngest son, Kyle, uh, whom some of you have met, attended Baylor University in Texas. It's a great Division I school with a very proud athletic program. And uh, while Kyle was a long jumper on the track team, it really was his very good friend, Reiner, who was the one who excelled in sports. Reiner is from Germany. Uh, he attended Baylor on a full athletic scholarship. He is a great tennis player. Uh, he actually helped Baylor win their first NCAA national championship in men's tennis two years in a row. Honestly, I find tennis rather boring to watch. I mean, the ball goes back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. I don't honestly see how people get excited about it. But uh, the one thing that does impress me, though, is, is the serve. Uh, the velocity at which the ball leaves the racket is really quite impressive. And for those of you who have learned to play tennis, uh, you know that learning how to serve is the most difficult task. This is true in tennis, and it's also true in life. So to live a, 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 to live a life in Christ involves service. That means serving others. It happens on our path of everyday living. It's directed to those who we encounter on that path. Those would be our neighbors. The message for today is based upon our gospel message found in Luke chapter 10. You might want to have that readily available because we're going to refer to that from time to time. So Jesus encounters an expert in the law who wants to engage uh, Jesus in a theological argument over what, what was necessary to inherit eternal life. One, never get in an argument about theology with Jesus. It never works. This expert in the law is a representative of what is called the wise and learned, from whom the things of God remain hidden. And we see this when we look at Luke chapter 10, verse 21. I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned. So in true Jesus fashion, instead of giving a direct response, Jesus responds by asking the lawyer a follow-up question. What is written in the law? How do you read it? The lawyer responds in citing Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5, and then Leviticus 19, 18. He says eternal life is inherited when one loves God with the totality of one's being and one's neighbor as oneself. Jesus agrees with this response, but forces the discussion into the practical realm by saying, do this and you will live. Reminds me of a story. A teacher asked the children of her Sunday school class, if I sold my house 
my car and had a big garage sale. I gave all the money to the church. Would I get into heaven? The children said, no. Well, what if I cleaned the church every day, mowed the church property, kept everything neat and tidy, would I then get into heaven? No, they all said. Well, she said, then how do I get into heaven? And from the back of the room, little Johnny spouts up, you got to be dead. Well, in verse 29, we see the lawyer feeling the need to justify himself for asking a question that had such a simple answer, one that he himself easily supplied. So the lawyer asked a further question, seeking to demonstrate that loving your neighbor as yourself does call for a legal definition of neighbor. So the lawyer asks, so who is my neighbor? Well, just so you know, generally speaking among the Jews, uh, a neighbor would be defined as a fellow countryman, someone of the same race. So beginning in verse 30, Jesus overturns an understanding of the word neighbor by telling this story to him. A little backdrop on the story before we share that. If you've ever been to that part of the country, you would know that the road from Jerusalem to Jericho is 17 miles long. And a traveler would descend roughly 3,300 feet to, from Jerusalem to get to Jericho. Uh, Jericho lies 770 feet below sea level. So why is this important? Any traveler traveling that road with that descent would easily see, whether he's walking or riding on an animal, would easily see a body that's lying along the side of the road which would give that traveler plenty of time to think about what do I do once I get up to where this body is? So we pick up the story. A man is traveling the winding road when he's accosted by thugs who attack, assault, rob, and beat him. They leave him for dead. Then later, uh, he is approached by two men. First, a priest who is fresh from leading worship service at the temple, sees the bloodied fellow. If he were dead, he could not touch him because that would break the ritual rules of the ceremonial uh, priestlyhood. And so he'd lose his priestly prerogatives. No, this was too messy. I can't get involved. Then along comes a Levite who serves as the temple assistant. He'd kept very busy in religious activities. He cleaned the temple and the synagogue. He maintained the holy furniture and kept all the vessels clean. But when he saw the beaten man, he too passed by. No, I'm too busy to get involved. Besides, if I stop, the thieves may still be around and I too could get beaten up. Well, today, Christian discipleship happens in the everyday journey of life where opportunities to serve arise every day. But for us to get involved, sometimes it's often too messy. We hesitate to get involved with people's problems. The coworker who is going through divorce, that young single parent who is trying to raise children all by herself, that unusual, unkept-looking young fellow with tattoos all over his body who is fighting the addiction of drugs, that older person who lives in that run-down old house, 
a sick friend. No, it's easier just not to get involved. Or too busy. To help and serve others takes time, you know. We've got our lives scheduled to the limit. We don't have time to help others. Why, we have obligations and deadlines. No, it's easier just to not get involved. Well, these first two men, the priest and Levite, held positions in life that would have been considered by the lawyer as respectable and religiously honorable positions. The kind of people the lawyer, no doubt, would have been eager to include among his definition of neighbors. Then along comes a Samaritan, of all people. Samaritans were the hated enemy of the Jews, considered half-breeds, traitors, and heretics. So when Jesus introduces the Samaritan, this character, quite likely the audience expected him to be the villain of the story. That's exactly how Samaritans were portrayed in those days. Perhaps they expected the Samaritan to finish the poor fellow off. Instead, we see in verse 33, the Samaritan had compassion. He rescues the Jewish victim, serves him, and sacrifices for him so that he is cared for. Having completed the story, Jesus asked the clinching question, which proved to be a neighbor? Notice the, the lawyer's response. He can't even bring himself to say the word, the Samaritan. But you see what he says? The one who showed mercy. Then Jesus directs, go and do likewise. This parable, very subtly, and if you're not careful when reading it, you'll miss the whole punchline, shows that who is my neighbor is not the real question. The real question we should be asking is, am I a neighbor to others? The lawyer asked a calculating question in verse 29 when he asked, who is my neighbor? Designed to exclude some from love's grasp. Jesus' story, though, shows that love does not have any limits. And so now, as the old very popular radio personality Paul Harvey used to say, and now the, thank you for knowing who he is. You see, to us, Jesus also says, go and do likewise. The problem is, we often don't. The lives of others are too messy. Our lives are too busy. We fail to serve. We fail to love our neighbors as ourselves. But there is one in this account who does go the extra mile. Not the fictional Samaritan of the story, but the real-life narrator. Jesus came into this messy world and connected with the messed up people, prostitutes, publicans, lepers. More than that, he connected with the sinners. In fact, he was known as the friend of sinners. He served them, healed them, forgave them, and released them from the mess of sin and the peril of death. Moreover, he serves us sinners. He heals, forgives, and releases us from sin, our sin, and its deadly consequences. As we learn in Mark chapter 10, verse 45, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This, you see, was Christ's mission in life. He saw us in our need, dying in sin. He loved us and took upon himself the mess of our sin. He was beaten and bloodied so that we might be rescued, so that we might live. Now in response, 
we join Christ in his mission and serve in his name. Jesus invites us, you, you come follow me and serve others in the messiness and business, busyness of life. You see, we serve because he first served us. A man once observed Mother Teresa cleaning the wounds of a leper. He turned away in disgust and said, I wouldn't do that for a million dollars. To which Mother Teresa looked at him straight in the eye and said, neither would I, but I would do it for Christ. Friends, we have been rescued by Christ. He gave us, he gave us all that we might live. Thus, we serve others in the messiness and business of life. We too do it for Christ. Now go and do likewise. Amen. We stand for the Apostles' Creed. I believe in Jesus. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. of Trinity Lutheran Church is the preaching, teaching, baptizing, and sharing the love of Christ in our church, our community, and our world. The radio broadcast is made possible by donations to the radio broadcast ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church. Please contact the church office for how you can help. That number is 417-235-7300. Again, 417-235-7300. The quarterly in-gathering of food for the needy will be held today and on Sunday the 28th with distribution shortly thereafter. If you know of a family in need, please contact the church office or the Board of Evangelism. Your generous food offerings and donations are greatly appreciated. The Trinity Choir will begin rehearsals for the coming choir season starting August 7th at 6.30. They will meet the first and third Wednesdays of the month, so come and join the fun. New members are always welcome. A men's Bible study meets at 8 a.m. each Wednesday morning in the Narthex. Several ladies' Bible studies meet during the week in the surrounding areas. For more information, call the church office at 417-235-7300. Again, 417-235-7300.
pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Father, we give you thanks for this day. You're leading us here so we can worship you. As the beautiful sunrise this morning signals a new day in our lives, your refreshing word gives us the strength to live a life filled with joy and hope. Keep us mindful of what it means to be a Samaritan to others. Give us the courage to reach out to those you place in front of us who are in need. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for the sick, those who struggle with emotional or spiritual issues, those who are hospitalized, those who will be undergoing surgery, those on the road to recovery. We lift up all those on our health list, Melba, Landreth, Janice, Carol, Oren, Ethel, Joan, Addison, Steve, Becky, Wayne, Bob Dodson, Mark, Lorne, Gary, Bob Curtit, Emma, Brenda, Rosemarie, Bob Yelinek, John, Marianne, Debbie, Mary, Fred, Lisa, Jen, Catherine, Deborah, Joe, Phil, Louise, Ruth, Loetta, Offenbrink, Dennis Stellwagen. These, Lord, as well as those we now name in our hearts. Heavenly Father, you are the great healer. Be with those who are currently dealing with these conditions or issues, and if it be your will, heal them completely and give them a sense of your presence during these difficult times as they reach out to you for comfort. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for our leaders who hold positions of service nationally, in our state, in our local communities, as well as the leaders of our own Lutheran Synod. Father, these people have accepted the responsibility of leadership as part of their commitment to serve. Send your Holy Spirit to give them true wisdom, to govern in a way that glorifies your name. Keep them mindful of those who cannot speak for themselves, especially the unborn. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for all the brave men and women who serve in the military, especially those who serve in the most dangerous places. We lift up to you in prayer Christopher Smith, who was serving in the Navy, Luke Shays, who was serving in the Marines, and David Hessman, who was deployed overseas, as well as their families who pray and wait for their safe return. We think of all first responders, police, fire, and emergency personnel. Father, we pray that you will send your heavenly angel to watch over them, to protect them against all harm, strengthen and encourage them so they can remain strong and courageous. Lord, in your mercy. A special prayer for anniversaries. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you instituted holy matrimony blessed and honored it with the presence of your son at the marriage at Cana in Galilee. And even now, continue to protect and preserve it. We thank you for the fatherly love and grace which you have bestowed upon Stephen and Janie, who are celebrating 26 years of Christian union through their marriage, as well as David and Jean, who are celebrating 39 years of marriage. Continue to be with them all, Lord, until the end of their days, even as you have guided them in the past. Be their health, strength, refuge, and life as they serve as an example to all who honor your blessing of marriage. Lord, in your mercy. A prayer for birthdays being celebrated this week. We give you thanks, O Lord, for the many blessings you have given to your servant, Nellie Stellwagen, celebrating 87 years of life, and Robert Harris celebrating 84 years of life, especially for bestowing on them length of days in this present life. Grant that they may always know your loving kindness, Abide in the confession of your name and put trust each day in your gracious care and protection. 
May the celebration of their birth be a celebration of life both now and the life to come. Lord, in your mercy. Father, we ask that you watch over Pastor Jake as he joins other pastors and delegates who are preparing for the Synodical Convention. Bless all those in attendance, those who will be leading the convention, as well as those who work behind the scenes to make this a successful event. Give them all true wisdom to, to discuss and make decisions that are pleasing in your sight. You be with them, Jesus, and give them a true sense of your presence. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, I offer up a special prayer for this congregation of yours. As you continue to bless us, keep us focused on what's important in our lives. Help each of us find the time to be in your word. Spend time in daily prayer. Strengthen our hearts for mission. And finally, nurture the love we have for you and each, and each other. Lord, in your mercy. Amen. Into your hands, O oh Lord, we commend all for whom we pray. Trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We pray together the prayer Jesus himself gave us to pray. Our Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and give, be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. The closing hymn is verses 4 and 5. On page 869, again, verses 4 and 5, page 869, with the Lord begin your task. announcement that I'm aware of that we might want to call a special attention to. Friends in Christ, we'll be meeting next Saturday at 6 o'clock at the Georges. So everyone put that on your calendar next Saturday, 6 o'clock at the Georges. Any other special announcements that we need to be aware of? Uh, please continue to keep Pastor Jake in your prayers along with all of those uh, who are at this convention. Many, If you've ever been to... Well, Probably never, 
by the grace of God, you've probably never had to go to one. Um, they're, they're very uh, intense, uh, very long days, and there's many things being discussed that are very important to us as a, as a synod. So keep them all in your prayers that God would guide and direct them in every decision that is made. So you go out this door today knowing two things. One, your sins have been forgiven. Two, Jesus loves you very much. You go have a great week. It has been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you are not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this broadcast on www.freistatradio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May his love surround you and his mercy be evident to you in all things. Your announcer today has been Carol Clyde Baker. And we hope that you enjoy the music for the next few minutes before we go off the air. Have a blessed week.
everyone a blessed week your announcer today has been carol Clybaker. may the lord be with you this week